Trenders, welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. If you're looking for a nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... Hello, hello, I'm Jack. So Jack is back because yeah. I, I love saying Jack is back. It's so fun oh. <laughs> because it just happens to rhyme. So that's the only um, reason why Jack I'm here. Is back <laughs> because Agnes is currently gone. So for that reason, uh, he is replacing Agnes for the time being Yay. for this week's topic. Yay! <laughs> so without further ado. The Girl Taku today will be about our favorite fantasy anime. I know this might be a little redundant because of the fact that we've done a favorite isekai anime, but I would like to note to everyone listening, or, you know, this probably is something you guys already know, but just in case, isekai is only a subgenre of the fantasy genre. The actual fantasy genre is a lot wider and broader. Unfortunately, I will say that most fantasy anime have been dominated by isekai, but that doesn't mean that only isekai is um, fantasy. So with that being said, that's why we wanted to do a best in fantasy episode so we can sort of broaden the spectrum versus just uh, focusing on isekai like we had done in a prior episode. So with that being said, it's actually supposed to be Agnes's uh, turn to go first. But since Agnes is not here, Jack, I'm going to go ahead and let you go first in this week's uh, topic. So first <laughs> thing is, I know you don't usually watch fantasy anime. Based Which is on really just funny. our conversations, slice of life tends to be the <laughs> genre you tend to watch more. So I'm really curious to hear, you know, were you able to find two at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, I figured out how to find two. And one of them is not Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because that would have Yay. been. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, I can't believe it. I didn't choose Full Metal Alchemist. Um, but yeah, actually, more on the first part that you mentioned, I don't actually. Or I do watch fantasy anime, but I don't think I've ever found it to really be my favorites of, when mm. it comes to anime. Also, because I just really like Slice of Life. But also the other thing is any fantasy anime or manga that I read don't seem to be coming anime. <laughs> so yeah. I also just lose out on that part. Um, but I guess we'll see how Magical Revolution goes because if you guys remember and listen to that podcast I was on, I mentioned it as one of the uh, manga series that I wanted to become an anime. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that one keeps going. Obviously, it's currently airing at the time that we're recording this video. So I can't exactly say that that's in my top whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah i love i love fantasy manga fantasy books as a kid i always grew up watching and reading too many things related to fantasy but just not anime for some reason so i really had to try very hard to figure these two out um and i'm basic this is so basic i don't have anything special for you guys usually i'm just like oh my god here's something super obscure that is usually your Okay, related. look, you already you already I'm said going, you weren't talking about Fuba Alchemist Brothers. I'm going really basic. You're gonna know you, everyone will know both of these anime, and they're both kind of very similar anime. So, um basic number one for me is obviously Sailor Moon. That one mm, is Yes. It, it's it's like in my top five favorite anime. And I was like, I wanna do something different. That's not Sailor Moon. <laughs> but I can't deny it. That's one of my favorites. Um, and to be totally honest with you, it's probably a lot of nostalgia bias because, as as with a lot of us, we grew up watching it, and I didn't actually get to enjoy the terrible dub as much as I wish I did get to watch that as a kid. But that's just—it's a very special fantasy anime because most people are probably like, "Oh, it's just like cute girl, magical girl thing." But you—I feel like some people tend to forget that magical girl is fantasy anime usually when people think you know fantasy genre they think either isekai or just high fantasy stuff but you know like magical girl is similar to kind of like your percy jackson's of the world where you have like urban fantasy or like mythological fantasy like those are still in the fantasy genre um so sailor moon's super special to me because you know it's one of the first anime i actually watched um and also you you just had that special feeling of very strong lady characters. Like, that's not something that 
you really saw in cartoons. You you kind of only see it in cartoons now. Uh, and by cartoons, I'm referring to like Western, uh, Western cartoons. So you know, as a kid watching that, I was just like, oh look, it, you know, a lady main character who actually kicks ass in really fun ways. Um, and like Usagi is just so she's so cute and like very high school girl like, which is the point of her. Um, and I thought that that was really fun and powerful at the time because she's just hanging out doing her normal school school teenager things and being like a dumb teenage teenage kid. She has her group of friends and then she's also like, oh, and we also do magical girl things. It's great. Um, honestly, I don't I don't have that many things to say about it because it's just such a fun series where. At least, you know, the 90s series is about kind of like, there's a lot of filler, I admit. It's a lot of filler, but it's a lot of fun filler where... Yeah, see, actually, I was yes, going to ask sure. you, Jack, uh, which version are you talking oh, to? Because yes, you know, I, I, Sailor yeah. Moon's been remade. Right, uh, I apologize for not clarifying. Although I think me saying that I grew up watching it, that probably should have indicated that I'm talking about the 90s one. Um, right. Yeah, so I'm talking about <laughs> the 90s anime, which has a lot of episodes. <laughs> um, I would actually recommend that... You kind of, if if you're not somebody who really watched '90s anime, that you stra- you either strap in for it or you accept the fact that you're gonna see a lot of filler and put it on while you're doing something else. Um, but I'm talking about the '90s anime mostly because, as somebody who watched the anime, then read the manga, then watched the remake when it came out, I still have again nostalgia bias, but I still have this bias toward the '90s anime because it felt like we engaged with the characters more, and that's really important to me. Um, mm. narratively but I also think it's really important for the series itself because like Sailor Moon's all about sort of that you know female relationships like you and your girlhood your sisterhood you know group of gal pals for lack of a better word there but it's about you know Usagi getting close to all of her new friends and just like learning how to fit in, learning how to be a teenage girl, also figuring out that you're a magical girl and you also need to kind of save the world. Um, so I felt like all, even though a lot of the nineties anime has so much filler, it still does a lot to kind of teach you about all of the characters or like just get you closer to them. Um, and again, in the manga, which, you know, I still love the manga. I still enjoyed binge reading it. Actually. Um, it's, I would say that it's much faster and a little too fast. And that's where the, um, what's it called? Crystal, that's what it's called. The Crystal, which is the remake anime, copied the manga. And I thought that that wasn't the greatest of things because it meant to copy the pace too. And I found the manga and the remake way too fast because it went through all of the normal action stuff and like the plot. And honestly, the filler, again, does a lot to develop the characters and their relationships, because otherwise, if you're just following the plot along and not sort of giving enough time to developing the characters and the relationships, you're not actually connecting with them the same way that you feel like this team of, you know, magical girls or superheroes or whoever it is should be connected to each other. So I'm talking about the 90s anime, that whole vent aside, they're both really good series, like I still enjoy both of them. And overall just for a fantasy series it's just it's fun too because like you have some time traveling aspects to it um you get you get a you know queen serenity and king endymion and like they 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 exist kind of concurrently <laughs> with the characters so like if if it's just a lot of different fantasy aspects pulled all into one sort of urban urban fantasy style show and obviously my favorite characters are haruka and uh michiru and they're gay as hell and that's like also a very important thing for the 90s because that wasn't that's just not a thing (laughs) like just you know ignoring the dub doing what the dub did but like it's 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 also in a really important milestone for just queer representation and of course because i'm on the podcast of course i would mention that um but yeah like that's absolutely one of my favorite fantasy one of my favorite anime of all time and for special reason there too yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like even though the fillers got a little too much, there were some positives to have come out of it, and ultimately. So it really shows how sometimes even things that, you know, could have been really bad end up having some good things to come out of it as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah it's, okay, it's so that yeah. is your 
first one, and I had actually guessed it already. You did. We, we talked about first this. Yeah. Talked about it. So I have no idea what your second one is. So I did you say, know, lay it out for us. <laughs> I did say that my second one is extremely similar, and I'm just like, really? I couldn't think of anything else other than this one. The second one is Little Witch Academia because, again, they're so similar. Wait, sorry, I missed it. Say Little that again. I Witch it. Academia triggers oh, triggers greatest anime. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll get so many people mad by saying Trigger's greatest anime and it needs a second season. Um, yeah. It's so cute. It's so uh, yeah, good. yeah. Um, it's so good. I actually didn't watch it when it first came out because it kind of released in the time that I just stopped engaging with anime and manga. So eventually people were like, oh, since you like Sailor Moon so much, I think you'd really like this other show <laughs> called Little Witch Academia. And I'm like, what? Why would I like that? But it's an incredible anime. Um, again, it's actually, it's so much in the vein of Sailor Moon, where you have very dumb, silly protagonist, Akko, doing witch things. You know, doing magical, it's not really magical girl in the same way, but she's doing magical things in the same vein as Usagi learning to be a big dork and like falling in love and doing things at school and then being close to certain girls and then Diana getting raining on her parade. It's really cute. Um, yeah. So Little Witch Academia is, also has that sort of special sauce to me where I'm just like, it feels so nostalgic of uh, there's something for me that my, some of my um, other anime watching friends and I talk about. And it's basically this uh, wonderful concept of chaotic dumbasses which is a very normal <laughs> character trope. Everyone loves your chaotic dumbass where their 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 existence just causes chaos. And I would say that <laughs> Usagi and Akko are absolutely the protagonist types of those or like um or like a like a uh, like an anime like Uma Musume or I'm sorry to bring up Kramer on this podcast, but I love Sayonara Kramer, but that series is all of them are high school girls who are stupid and it's wonderful. So for me, seeing anime that actually depict like middle school, high school aged uh, teenage teenage girls as chaotic dumbasses feels like the most realistic thing that you could ever do. And I, I tend, I feel like like when because of media's perception and like media's kind of how they how they show what teenage girls look like, especially in anime, as like just prim proper lady types. I'm just like, mm. that doesn't seem very realistic. And then you have shows like Sailor Moon back in the 90s and stuff like Little Witch Academia and like a lot of the sort of cute girls doing cute things series like uh, like K-On too. That's perfect. Um, you People just forget that teenage girls are sometimes such chaotic dumbasses. And it's like so much more fun for me to just be like, oh, yeah, that's I feel like for my experience, that is a much more realistic perception and like showing of what these girls are like um where was i that was a that was a tangent that i didn't mean to go on for that long but little Wish academia right uh, that's a series <laughs> um, i was gonna ask because sure. oh, uh, i found out that there were movies before the series and i only watched the series itself so did you watch the movies at all i actually didn't watch the movies mostly because based on my you know reading online that they were kind of uncannoned or like that was just like kind of like the prototype of it so i actually didn't bother watching it oh that's interesting like but a, I, I, kind of like a pre-run yeah, or I think, something i think it was if i'm wrong please feel free to correct me but that that was my perception when i was like reading on the movies and stuff that it was kind of like the original version before the like final netflix anime version i'm not sure i didn't watch them though no um Okay. Yeah, see, I didn't watch them either, and I, I certainly didn't think I needed to because, you know, I so. watched the series, and I understood exactly what was going mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm. so I was like, I don't need to watch the movies before I, that. I do <laughs> think it was a prototype because I, for some, I, I could also be lying about this, but I vaguely remember, like, there was, like, some Tumblr analysis about the differences between them, and I think, like, Diana's character. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, as they do. <laughs> I think it was, like, Diana's character or somebody's character was significantly, um, significantly altered for the anime or something oh, i think they made her meaner i think they made her into that rival love hate thing for the, like in the anime and then i guess the original one was she was not like that and i was like that's like one of that's my obviously my favorite relationship and dynamic in the show um so if that is true in the movie 
was like sort of the pre-run good thing they changed diana's character because i think that's what it was but i could be lying okay, that's really <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah and what about you isabel have you seen little witch academia because obviously from the way i'm asking jack's questions i i've seen it so <laughs> and i hope all of our viewers have seen it listeners listeners have seen it Oh, yeah, maybe they will. I personally haven't seen it. Um, just, <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I, I would like it just based off what I've seen altogether, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're able to enjoy it. And it's kind of along the same lines of Sailor Moon, possibly as well. Is your favorite character the Diana or Akko, maybe, or someone else? Or you said that was your favorite relationship, right? That's my favorite series. relationship. And Gracie and I could probably mm-hmm. have an hour long debate on whether it's a ship or platonic, which, oh. you know, it's valid. If it's platonic, but I, I say no. Um, that's gonna be a whole different conversation. We could fight about that later. But um, they're my favorite relationship because I just really like love hate stuff, even if it's love into or hate into platonic love relationship, mm-hmm. whatever we'll call it. But uh, I really like that sort of rivalry, main character rivalry thing because that's like the funniest thing in um, anime, especially when you have. This exact damn trope. it! You should have. Uh, What's that? Like Jack should have joined our uh, our episode where we did the trope dissection of like anime uh, anime rivalry. Oh come on! <laughs> like, that's, that's like one of my that's one of my favorites. Like obviously, like freaking review Starlight with uh Claudine and uh Claudine and Maya. Of course, of course, that's my favorite relationship. They're the rivals, and it's cute and funny, and they're just gay as hell. Um, yes. So rivalries is one of my favorite. Uh, um, sorry, specifically. Hate to love rivalries is one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> and Diana and Akko are exactly that, um, with varying degrees of how much people think it's platonic or not. Um, and that's just that was just so much fun because it's the classic sort of anime trope where you have your dumbass protagonist who is like really cute and like doing their own thing, and then they disrupt the status quo, and then the queen bee type or like whoever the rival is is just like, Why are you doing the things that disrupt the status quo or like why are you the way that you are and i'm just like i love that because i'm just like oh you are so frustrated by this person's just like ignorance of how they are acting themselves and they're just being themselves and you are so mad at that and that's like my favorite thing when characters kind of develop from god i hate you or into that sort of wow you are around all the time and it's really frustrating but i kind of love that about you i don't know why Mm -hmm. it's just that's my i feel that way sometimes and I feel, I hope that people feel that way about me because I can be pretty annoying. So maybe I'm projecting. I might be projecting on Akko. But regardless, I'm not sure if they're my, are they my favorite characters? That's hard to say because Susie's really funny too, though. That's the thing. Oh, man. I don't know. The, the whole cast is really good in that series other than the dude's name because I forgot what his name is. And that's fine because I, that's fine. <laughs> I f- forget that he exists in the series. Um, Susie might be my favorite because she's she's um she's Akko's best friend basically, but she caused she's like a trickster where she just does various experiments and she kind of just trolls people with her existence. Um so she might be my favorite. Also, she's like highly implied to be Filipino or something, or like some sort of Southeast Asian. Oh, so, that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um I think it's just like one very small thing. It was just a small detail in like episode one i think or like whenever you first meet her she she's using a very southeast asian uh broom called the willis ding ding at least in uh at least in philippines that's what it's called so she's using that as her sort of personal witch's broom and i was like oh that's a really nice detail if she happens to be like southeast asian or something which that's i believe she is implied to be yeah (laughs) um so i think that was that's really fun about the series i think the one misstep for the dub at least so i watched it both in uh because i'm i'm someone who really likes dubs actually so i watched it both in japanese and in the english dub and i'm actually really sad that they didn't give diana a british accent in the dub like they you know because it's supposed to be kind of an international school for witches I really wish that they had done the uh, English dub with kind of like the correct accents for all the characters because they're all, a lot of them are uh, European, um, European accents. So I feel like it would have been really fun and totally possible to find, you know, the correct voice actors for those accents. Um, But overall, I feel like I'm just gushing over it without actually explaining what exactly it is about it. So kind of the big tirade that I went on 
with a Sailor Moon is I would say the same thing for Little Witch Academy. You have strong, you know, strong female characters. They're all really powerful. They're all witches who kind of have different strengths. And each episode goes through the different strengths that they have or like the um, the relationships that they have with each other. And everyone, oh, this is a point that I forgot to mention in Sailor Moon, but um, I don't remember if this was a thing that we had talked about with My Hero. I don't think you guys actually watch My Hero that much, but one of the qualms that I've always had is someone who watches My Hero, and that is, you know, a fantasy anime that I watch. Although I guess some people might not call it a fantasy anime, but I, I guess I would. Um, that series is like all about Deku. You have, or who's the main character? I hope that you guys are watching. Yeah, I, I hope mm-hmm. you guys know who he is. Um, but yes, we thank do. You. Actually, Isabel you... watches My Hero. Do you Academia, still watch so... it? I thought you didn't watch it after a while. Um, I dropped it, and there then you go. <laughs> the latest season, though, I've been watching, so I actually have. Oh, hey, it. nice! I'm glad that you have. Mm-hmm. It's actually going further from where I stopped reading the manga because it's in the final arc, and Ooh. I'm like, I'm just gonna binge watch mm-hmm. it or binge read it. Um, but anyway, my my issue with Deku, as much as I like My Hero Academia just fine, is that he always saves the day. He is like, he's the guy who saves the day. He's like Goku, like they're the characters mm-hmm. who come in. And they save the day and everyone's just kind of stalling and waiting around for them. And then they're like, oh, here I am. I'm suddenly stronger and I save the day. So that's what I kind of like about Sailor Moon and Little Witch Academia, where it's like all of the characters have their time to shine. Like the, you know, the finale of Little Witch Academia. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, I guess. But like, who cares? Um, the the finale of it is not just Akko beating the bad guy. It's both Akko and Diana working together to basically blow up a bomb um they're working together it's not just akko's time to shine they're doing it you know as sort of on equal on like equal uh equal ground and sailor moon does that a lot too where it's like different characters are sort of the best option at the time and i think that's important with sort of your your ensemble cast anime and like your fantasy anime where everyone has a strength where you should play them to their strength and that's like something that I applaud in both of those anime and that I like My Hero Academia has amazing characters and I kind of wish you just used those characters more. Again, I'm a very sort of character narrative driven person. So that's why those two series really stand out to me because they use the ensemble cast really well, in my opinion. And they're both super worthwhile watches. So highly recommended if, you know, magical girl ish anime is up your jam. Yeah. Alrighty then. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for sharing your two. I'm glad to hear the second one I actually know, so that was really exciting for me. told you, I have very basic Um, choices here. I don't think Little Witch Academia is basic, though, in my opinion. Everyone should watch it. Yes, it is really fun. It is really fun, and I definitely enjoyed it as well. But speaking of, you know, strong female characters with that sense, actually, um, one of my favorite fantasy anime is very much in line with that, even though a lot of people had incorrectly assumed it was one of those quote-unquote stupid reverse harem anime. It is not. And hopefully I'm not poaching yours, Isabel, because I know we all love this anime. But uh, one of my favorite fantasy anime is Yona of the Dawn. And we've mentioned it before in this podcast. And I think the reason, so a big pull for me in regards to Yona of the Dawn, I'm not going to lie, is the fact that it is very Chinese influenced. So uh, from the fact that it was, um, so the whole uh, mythology in there is that there are these four like dragons with specific powers that get reincarnated into people. And unsurprisingly, the, um, you know, the dragons are part of the cast per se, but they're all led by Yona, who is a very, very spoiled, oblivious, naive princess, who is the only child of the current ruling king. And so her life gets very, um, like, very scarily uprooted when her cousin, uh, uh, Us- usurps is that how you pronounce it uh but it's i think that is actually yeah oh great so uh when her cousin uh usurps the throne by killing her dad and this is a cousin that she grew up with that she actually thought you know they would get uh politically arranged to get married together for which was common in that era this is like dynasty chinese sort of influence so very common for cousins to be engaged and 
Um, and so she totally thought that that was going to be the case. <laughs> and instead, her cousin murdered her dad. I'm sorry. I'm laughing that almost... it's like cousins just because I'm thinking of Sailor Moon. But sorry, continue. This is really important. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, oh, cousins, huh? He not only <laughs> murdered her dad, but he also tried to kill her as well if it wasn't for the fact that another childhood friend of hers who's been like a personal bodyguard saves her. And so... Several reasons why I really like this fantasy anime is that one, it I love the character development from Yona's side. She was started off as like one of the most useless, like annoying character in my eyes. Like I genuinely did not like seeing her. I thought she was so stupid at the beginning. And there's good reasons for it. She genuinely was extremely, extremely spoiled and sheltered. So there's no way she could have known how the world works with the way that her dad raised her or the emperor raised her. But at the same time, I can't help but be frustrated about mm-hmm. it because I'm like, you should know more. You are the princess. Um, But then after her life gets uprooted, she's forced to really, really learn about how the world works. And her character development is just so fascinating and good. And it reaches a point that I know in the manga that was incredibly impressive because she actually reached a conclusion where she doesn't even think her cousin was wrong anymore to murder her father because uh, the reality is her father was a terrible ruler. He was doing a really bad job and people in the country were suffering which she didn't know because she was all, you know, holed up in the castle where everything comes to her on a silver platter. But being forced outside and escaping for her life and then seeing these people, it's like throughout the course of her journey, not only does she actually become a really good leader in her own right and wise and experienced, but probably comes to a really hard conclusion because no matter what, You know, even if you are logically aware, like, say, your parent has done, like, you know, bad things, it's still hard to say, like, oh, but maybe it was right for them to die. You know, that's that's almost uh, like, you know, unreconcilable because you love that person and that person loved you and that person had treated you very well. But she was able to come to that very brave and like hard conclusion to be like, actually, you know. The coup d'etat, there was a point in this. Like, the country is not doing well, and it's all my dad's fault because of that. Even if he loved me and adored me and raised me with, like, every fiber of his being, like, he shouldn't have been keen. And so that, I found the whole arc to be just incredibly, incredibly riveting. And then added, of course, is the fact that this very heavily influenced by Dynasty China. And so it's really cool for me as a Chinese American to see those influences and see how accurate they are. I loved all the dragons. I love the lore, the mythology about the dragons. It's also very accurate because once again, dragons are still considered to be very mystical, like creatures of power in China. So um, as a whole, uh, Yoda of the Dawn is just one of my all time favorite anime and also one of my all time favorite fantasy anime and i fear that we will never get a season two even though we absolutely deserve it as well oh no that's so sad (laughs) it needs a season two so clearly isabel likes it too yes so i was going to Mm. say isabel did i poach one of yours i hope not (laughs) no you didn't i i did think about it though because yona is also one of my favorites and i'm pretty sure agnes also um would say it's one of her favorites as well um but yeah i just miss it a lot like ever since season one came out and just like yona and then the fact that the four dragons are trying to protect her and things like that and the way that she grows and influences everyone else around her you know from other countries or um, other emperors or things like that and yeah i just really wish that there was more to it just because you know there's I forget what the prophecy is like. The prophecy is that she's like kind of like a red dragon or something, right? That she yes, she's probably the reincarnated red dragon. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and so she's reincarnated red dragon with uh, all these other dragons that are supposed to help her. And you know, I guess eventually it seems like what's going to happen is that she's going to become a ruler type and be able to rule the you know countries, um, you know, with these dragons in place. Um, So that's what it seems like, and it seems like a very long journey that you know i wish we could see the end of an anime um but you know i think the manga is still ongoing so it's still there's still a lot more story to it um, than we would expect 
But yeah, I do agree with you when you said like the first few episodes. I also did think Yona was like a spoiled brat. <laughs> and I didn't know if I was going to like her or not. Um, but me starting off liking the other characters and then her growing as a character definitely helped a lot overall. Yeah, no, I was uh, like, when we, uh, Jack, you don't understand, when I was watching Yoda, <laughs> I was like, if this girl doesn't go through character development, we are going to have big problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very gracie thing to say. It's very you. I mean, very on brand. Very, luckily, she did go through character <laughs> development, so we did not yeah. have a big problem at the end. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, so that is my first pick for my favorite fantasy anime. And as you can see, Isabel loves it. If Agnes was on here, she would probably talk about it as well. Because I know I'm sorry I can't it. gush over it with you guys, though. But I know my man. No, it's, my, okay. it's okay. My, my it's okay. One of my managers at Viz loves it. She's the editor on it. So she she would oh. share your guys's, uh, you know, enthusiasm can you, can for it. Can you get it. her to somehow force <laughs> season two to happen? <laughs> I don't think she has that kind of control over it. No, we do, we do not have that kind of control over doing any of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can get you copies of Yona, maybe if you want. Them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. Well, I've just signed myself up for a Christmas present. All right. Um, no, I I don't know anything about Yona. I honestly I didn't know that it existed until I started working for this particular manager, <laughs> and she was just like, "Oh, here's a here's this like." thing that i need you to proofread and it happened to be like yona of the dawn volume 36 and i was like i don't know what's going on but this is volume 36 and i'm just gonna copy edit it um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that, i that's feel like you'd experience. be a little I was confused like, mm, at volume, volume 36, 36. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like i don't know what's going on but the art's pretty and i was like i don't know what's happening <laughs> that's all i got for you but i'm glad you really like it so much because I think that like shoujo fantasy, I guess the the three things that we mentioned are technically shoujo fantasy, huh? But that's just not, mm-hmm. that doesn't come up so much anymore. Or like, I, I feel like I no. want more, well, I want more shoujo first off. Hello, anime people, please make us more shoujo. Um, but shoujo fantasy feels like it's just completely fallen off recently too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, we've, talked about this briefly i won't i won't go into depth about this because we could actually Mm. do a whole episode but you know (laughs) if you track shoujo anime you could see that we got a lot of adaptations in the like the 90s and the 2000s and then it just suddenly very very suddenly just started dropping to almost zero in a single year and now it's slowly started to rise back up again thanks to uh, and i do know this for a fact because they published an article about this but thanks to fruits basket's success they're like oh there's an untapped market here and i'm like yes it's been here for like 20 (laughs) 30 years yeah yeah so anyway so that is my first pick. my second pick is land of the lustrous has any i think you guys have heard of that anime though right yeah all i know is that it has asexual space rocks and that's all that matters to me space that is (laughs) you know what i watched a lot of steven universe and people were like People who, I don't know, something about Rebecca Sugar, they were like indirectly inspired by Land of the Lustrous or something. And I was just like, oh, so that also has asexual space rocks. Got it. That's literally, Actually, that's like all. Actually, it's non binary, non binary rocks. Oh, perfect. To be Even more better. Precise, they're they're so. asexual, non binary space rocks. Yes. Good. So, Very good. Uh, I love basically, that. Basically, <laughs> I really love land of the lustrous i i you know i started it actually very um like unsure about it because first of all it's cgi but it is by studio orange i need to point that out uh but that did throw me off at first but as the series continued it was just oh gosh it was just so lush and excellent the world building was incredible one of my favorite parts honestly is the fact that one of the creatures that are um that are present in Land Lustrous. So the main characters, they're all gems. And so they are, like I said, non-binary, asexual. They have no concept of sex. They have no concept of gender. You know, they just exist as they are. And, uh, but then they eventually meet another creature that is not related to them. That is sort of like reminiscent of sea creatures, but in, um, but in humanoid anime form is what it is. And, when uh specifically when fuzz is so that's her name um so when or their name when fuzz meets uh, the creature for the first time they also assume that they would be genderless but you know as we know with a lot of animals is that there are biological sex and so 
So when they learned that, they're like, oh, like, you know, what are those things on your chest? You know, like, oh. what like what use are they for? <laughs> and, and so basically, and the creature had to explain, like, you know, these are, you know, these are called breasts and they are used to feed children when they come out of me. And Fuzz was just like, children come out of you? <laughs> like, the whole concept was just foreign to them. I mean, and that's I a terrifying really... sentence if you don't know what that means. Yes, and I really liked that, though, because I think there, like, something about that nuance just gets to me that I think is very nice to see in regards to the world building. And it was also really cute as well, because it was kind of a bonding moment between them. So, uh, so that was, so that's, like, one small tidbit. But then the other stuff I really like, and this is where the nerd part comes out of me and don't laugh, is that I am very ready particular about, like, properties of gems and stuff oh like that. God. And so I actually learned a lot in this series because for example uh diamond exists because you know that's a gem uh but diamond isn't actually the most powerful character in there it's bort and a big thing the big reason for that is they do have these enemies that come down from the sky we don't know who they are right now but they seem to resemble humans the most so i'm guessing there's some sort of tie-in between that but Basically, these enemies would come down and shoot at them and essentially try to shatter them and kidnap them as pieces. And they've actually been successful in kidnapping several of the gems who we just don't meet throughout the course of the series. We just know that it happened. And Diamond in particular, you would think is the most powerful of them all because Diamond is known for being the hardiest, you know, the hardiest gem of all gems. But instead, they get cracked and split fairly easily. And Bort, who has who's like jet black, is represented by jet black color instead via their hair. Bort is the one who is more powerful and considered the superior fighter. And it was through that that I actually learned that diamonds have a very big weakness in regards to their constitution is that if you hit diamonds at like a specific or a correct angle they will just shatter and so and that's what they keep doing when they go after diamond is they go after that specific angle to shatter diamond versus bort which is actually an unrefined imperfect diamond to the point where they're so different they have a different name um bort on the other hand isn't as hard as diamond but its constitution is stronger. So it doesn't have this major weakness where if you hit it at a different angle, at a specific angle, it'll shatter. In fact, it's almost impossible to get it shatter. At most is you'll get it to crack a little. And so that explains why Boar is actually the more powerful fighter of the two. And I was like, ah, my nerd brain was just exploding at that. I think that was so clever (laughs) to incorporate into these characters and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I've spoken about Land of Lustrous before, but I will like speak about it again. I think it's excellent. All of my friends who watched it that I've convinced to watch it, they always start off a little hesitant because of the fact that once again, it looks really weird and the they immediately drop you in the world. So they don't explain anything to you. So it can be a little confusing at the beginning, but every single one of them loved it by the end of the first season. And I just, yeah, it's one of my all time favorite fantasy anime I, I think there's just so much going for it. So I don't know why. Well, I mean, I'm guessing Jack hasn't seen this one, but I don't no, know if I have you've not. seen it before, Isabel. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's on either, my list, so. though. It's <laughs> on my very long list. Okay, yeah. great. Well, I think you guys <laughs> would actually like it. You, should, and, uh, yeah, you just need to go talk to Jerem about it because he uh, he stands Tomio Kurosawa, who is the lead lead uh, lead character. So That's true. Just, just yes. go bug him and just be like, we got to talk about Land of the Lustrous. Just sit him down for a podcast episode. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm glad you like it, though. Yeah, no, I, I like I can gush about it for hours. So for that reason, I'm not going to gush about it for hours. So. <laughs> it's okay. I gushed about um, two magical something, whatever anime for like 30 minutes instead of 10. So that's fine. Oh, actually, we get 20 each. But oh, yes. good. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't go that far over then, huh? <laughs> wonderful uh yeah so uh with that being said though my segment is over so i am curious to hear isabel what you have picked yeah, for your favorite fantasy yeah for me um this is a little bit hard just because i realized recently when i was going through a list of what fantasy anime i have watched it's, it's very little and <laughs> that's a mood especially with, <laughs> yeah a lot of the fantasy now is kind of more based in isekai 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tend to not watch those, so it's hard. And so I I also go for, I feel like, like you said, more shoujo fantasy or just more kind of like mythologic um, ones that are based on myths. And so the one I first went with was uh, Noragami. I think that's mm. one of my all-time oh, favorites. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think Noragami is a little hard to get into because I think the story comes in a little later in the episodes. Mm. But, um, but the fact that it's about, you know, gods and it's very character focused in a sense because you have these because you have uh you know yato and then you also have um i think her name is hiori hiori was at least for me she's very interesting and i thought i like watching her as well just because she's a high school girl who's like human she shouldn't be involved with gods or anything like that or anything with the spirit world but because of an accident you know she's all of a sudden kind of thrown into this world uh, which helps because we learn more about Yato and the other uh, gods as well who interact with the humans or, you know, um, interact with spirits. And Hiori, <laughs> I like how she's a really good fighter, though. Uh, she, you know, she really likes watching wrestling, and that's kind of like her obsession. And so when so she brings random, that into that. fights. Yeah, so when she brings that into fights, I, I'm always excited to see her do that. Um I mean, other than that, though, Yato is a good fighter as well. It's just that he's also very quirky. And uh, and in Noragami, um, depending on how many people worship this god, you know, that's how like they have their shrines and how popular they are or something like that. And for, for Yato, he doesn't have a shrine for himself, which is kind of sad. And then he'll do anything for like five yen, which is relatively, you know, almost nothing for people. And Right? Just, yeah, that's like his dream, right? Whereas... Whereas other gods might have like what multiple shrines compared to him, so you know he feels like an underdog story. Not only that, um, his his outfit's funny. He's like wearing like jogger like jacket and pants, and has yep. like <laughs> has like a torn up scarf around his neck, and that's like his thing. Whereas the you character think, you know, design, the other yeah, so the other guards the, the other gods have more like you know flashy things or better outfits and things like that so it's always interesting to see how he goes up against these gods and not only that um there are are like i think there's like even like a higher power above them that also trying to kind of controls them so there's a whole lot of things happening but i mostly like noragami for the characters and how they interact with one another Jack, have you seen Noragami at all or you've heard of it i have not i I think i'm one of those people that did watch like the first episode and then i was like eh I'm good. I think it just didn't capture my interest in the first episode, kind of like what you were uh, hinting at. Yeah, I don't know why. It feels like a slower start. Um, I don't know. What did, what did you think about the start of Noragami, Gracie? Mm-hmm. I also did think it was a slower start, per se. I, you know, I had this conversation with Shauna, which is mm. interesting because Shauna said that in TV shows in particular, that uh, the pilot episode is probably the most important episode of the entire series. Yeah. And, uh, and then aside from that, it's the ending. You know, you have to nail the ending. But pilot is first and then ending is second. And so, um, and she specifically has noted, you know, she had a hard time getting into anime because of the fact that anime pilots are a lot of times very eh. You know, like... That's and, true, yeah. And even... Even really good anime that get really good, their pilots are just eh. and so um and that's why I think of that's when why Full Metal like, Alchemist Noragami's... is an exception for everything. And you're exactly <laughs> correct because Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood ten is out how of I ten got shot into wow. anime. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Love that. No then. wonder. I mean, ten out of ten anime, ten out of ten first episode, amazing ending. Anyway, continue. Exactly, and so, <laughs> um, and so, Noragami is one of those shows that I also really, really love. But the first episode was kind of, and, and so, I, and I think it's, it's, I think it's just really interesting how anime, as a, you know, as a medium, you know, as a show in particular, is sort of the one that hasn't really followed the whole idea of the pilot. You have to nail first before you nail everything else. They're always like, let's start lukewarm with pilots, and then let's get really good as the series goes on. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's an accurate description of Noragami. It starts off lukewarm, and mm-hmm, then it gets really mm-hmm. good. And mm-hmm. then there's the second season as well. Um, but it, it it definitely needs more than a second season, just because everything that we learned up until that point about Yato and his past, we haven't gotten the full story yet either. And I'm waiting for like a season three, which 
It's been years. I feel like I don't know if it'll. Uh, yeah, I don't back. think we're gonna get it the same way that I don't think we're gonna get Yoda of the. I Dawn feel like we're, we're waiting. We're all waiting two. for so much for so many anime follow-ups. It sounds like. <laughs> 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 Give me a little watch Academia uh, season two or three. I I don't know how anime. How the Netflix manga cuts is it ending for Noragami, so I might mm-hmm. if the manga ends, I might just spoil myself. Yeah, why not? I don't have it in me too. I didn't know you knew how to <laughs> so... read, Gracie. You don't read manga, crazy. Hey, 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 hey. The only reason why I don't read manga is because I lack self-control when it comes to manga. With anime, I can control myself, but not mm. with manga, so. Yeah, you would never get Gracie out to do anything if she could read manga. <laughs> I, I, okay, seriously speaking, though, I when, if I start a manga, I genuinely cannot stop reading it if there's just more chapters. And so I've basically learned that it's just safer for me to not touch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I digress. This is a different topic than what we were originally discussing. So, it's okay, right. that happens Nori whenever Kami I talk. is one of your favorite fantasy anime, and I totally understand why. That is an incredible anime, and yes, it absolutely deserves a season three, and yes, we probably won't get it, <laughs> So, <laughs> as sad as it is. So uh, what is your second pick then? Yeah, my second pick, I think you might have thought that I would talk about this one, but it is airing the season, and it's Sugar okay. Apple Fairy Tale. <laughs> Oh, no! No! Yes. It's a fantasy no, anime. I've gotten, like, it. the splash damage no. of this conversation, but please go into uh, full okay. detail about why you love it and why Gracie hates it. This is the one with the slavery, Jack. <laughs> oh, good. You know, see, I, w- I had the splash damage of this conversation. I want to hear Isabel's everything. <laughs> yeah, so this one is... I, j- I just like more of the cuter aspects of it. I do it, I do see that there's... Did you say cute fairies. aspects, and then after, right after Gracie yes. said this is the one with the slavery? Yes. Okay. I, I mean, the slavery <laughs> is not cute, obviously. Well, but yes. I hope not. <laughs> it is part of the story, and okay. I accept it for what it is, because it seems like what our main character, ah, okay. Anne, is trying to do is trying to fight against that idea of slavery. It's very white savior, in my opinion, though. <laughs> but, you know, she's very young, and you know, she's only, like, fi- what, like, 15 years old, and her only dream is to become like a silver what it's a silver sugar master they call it in the series where they have they make confectionaries out of sugar so it kind of looks like if you watch the anime it looks like kind of like glass sculptures in a sense but i guess they're edible because they're made out of sugar and that sugar is refined from the sugar apples that they have um so in the story, we kind of go through the whole process of this. And Anne's mother was um, was into this and taught her how to do it. But unfortunately, she passed away. So Anne um, is still inspired by her mother, and she is taking up that um, taking up the confectionery part of her dream and trying to become a master of it. So she travels and you know enters the competition to uh, try to become that silver sugar master and. And to make her trip, she hires a fairy. Um, so the fairy's name is Shell. She did not hire her. She bought him. She bought him. She, she I'd like to point him. that okay. out. She bought him. <laughs> Gracie just hammering the slavery stuff home. <laughs> but yes, okay. But yeah, and then so in, in this world, um, usually fairies are, are um, the humans make the fairies work for them by holding one of their um, wings captive. Yeah, so and they so, mutilate them. Mm-hmm. They tear off one of the wings, just FYI. <laughs> Wait, but they can reattach them, right? No, Isn't they can't. Thing? Have you not noticed the free ones can't attach theirs? Oh, I was wondering why they were. <laughs> you see, I'm like blind to this. I, I thought they could reattach them or something. That's no, what I thought they for some not. reason. If they could, I, I wouldn't be smacked in the face every week. <laughs> Um, just gotta love Gracie noises. I don't even know what she said there. Uh, I I was saying how you <laughs> oh no, it's okay. They you basically don't have to get it. permanently mutilated oh, that's because nice. their wing gets torn. One of their wings gets torn off, and they can't reattach it. So oh, <laughs> uh, that's why you kept saying attach. I see. Yes, it, okay. it bothers me. It bothers me so much. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm sorry, Isabel. Continue. <laughs> No, it's really fun to hear that Gracie is like seething on the side. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm curious to what she said. Yeah, what she'll have to say um, about the series, or 
just your overall thoughts. It seems like you don't like it very much. Or like, but past that, like, are you still watching it or not really? I or? am. So <laughs> the thing that actually upsets me the most is that I can see myself enjoying this a lot if they genuinely just took out the slavery. That's really it. And because every element they've done with the slavery has just bothered me to the point where I can't ignore it. Because once again, they're the fairies are mutilated. So I I am distinctly reminded of their mutilation every single episode when I see even freed fairies with only one wing and not two. So that just bothers me a lot. And then the other thing that also bothers me about the whole slavery thing is they're so lackadaisical and like kind of whimsical about it, which I'm like, there's nothing whimsical about this at all. Like they still want to keep the light, fluffy sort of fairy tale aesthetic over something that is extraordinarily, extraordinarily cruel and ethically like immoral and stuff like that. And so that also bothers me a lot. It's just my morals does not allow me to enjoy this anime because I feel like they don't want to they they want to take it half seriously to make the protagonist look good. But then they don't want to take it the full way to talk about society as 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 a whole in regards to how they use it. So that's that's the big thing that's stopping me from liking this anime. In all honesty, if they took away the slavery and instead they made it something like, oh, actually, I actually saw someone who even like who was the one who said, like, I honestly think like how they like he's like, you know, if I was writing fan fiction of this, they're like, I instead of having the fairies be enslaved, I was just say like the fairy society and how they um, and how they interact with humans is that they like to choose particular um, interesting individuals and then form a contract with them instead. And that actually oh. is in line with even the uh, with even the mythology of fairies. So sorry, I'm taking this off tangent from you, Isabel. Uh, but the uh, the fairies from, you know, Irish culture and a lot of Scandinavian cultures is that and I think this is where the author misunderstood is that so they're called brownies. So brownies are particularly famous for being fairies who go into human homes and do housework for utterly free and then they leave. But what um, but what the mythology also includes that a lot of people just forgot throughout the years is that these brownies are extraordinarily powerful. And if you do something to upset them, they can curse your home and make it a living hell. So it's not at all like an enslaved situation where they just do chores for free and then they leave. It's actually sort of a quid pro quo thing. And they and because the brownies have their own society and rules no the humans didn't really understand you know what makes brownies choose which homes to clean and be good to like they don't know what it is and so I think the author just saw a very shallow concept of brownies mythology it was like oh you know fairies who do chores for free that kind of makes me think of slavery and stuff like that and incorporated it into the story yeah I just like I said, I have serious issues with how they use slavery and how it's so prevalent in the story. And every time, like, I want, like, and it's, there are a lot of things I enjoy of the show, but the second I see anything about the enslaved fairies, I, it just, like, takes me right out of it. And I just get angry, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of crazy, because I feel like the way that they're going with the story is that there's more fairy, fairy interactions or, like, kind of, like, the backstory between them and humans or just more instances of it really um so i don't know how we'll go from that i just i'm interested in how they have the fighter fairies that are like human sides but then there's also like the tiny fairies that we that i kind of associate what fairies are supposed to be mm -hmm. um, they're kind of like worker fairies and i don't know i just like the characters overall just because the way that they interact with each other and they're very different from each other and um yeah, I don't know what I'll, I'll see how I think about it in the future. But so far, I, I still like it, I think. And I, I'm also more interested in kind of more the confectionery part as well, how Anne is supposed to make these sculptures. And it seems like her talent is in f making fairy sculptures for some reason. And I was even surprised in one of the episodes where she, like, because fairies in, in this show, at least, they're born from like human kind of like inspiration or kind of like wonder yeah mm -hmm. like a fair like she actually had a fairy just pop up in front of her because she was staring at something so hard um and it's interesting how they're just kind of like born that way and then 
of course, Anne lets this fairy go. I thought she would actually stay because of her design. I thought she was the fairy was very beautiful, and I thought she would stay along for the ride. Um, but she didn't. She flew away, and then I was like, okay, well, maybe Anne will meet more fairies along that way. Yeah, no, like I said, I I do like the stuff you talked about with the sugar confections and stuff like that. It really is just the presence of slavery that bothers me so much in the show that I can't. I know some people are capable of ignoring it. I just can't ignore it. And I just keep thinking about that one comment on the Crunchyroll video where they're like, they really could have fixed this whole thing by just having the fairies have a separate society and the way they work and the way that they operate is they like to pick a particular human and form a contract with them. That really just solves the whole thing and like takes away the fact that they get mutilated in the process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Jack, are you enjoying this? <laughs> no, this is this is interesting. I I have no opinions on it because I'm just like I don't know what this anime is. Also, it sounds like so tone different because Isabel just said something about confectionaries, and I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm struggling to follow, but I am amused by this, and it kind of sounds like all of Gracie's critiques make total sense to me. But I'm like, I don't know this one. I probably this does not sound like something I would watch though. <laughs> yeah, I think another thing I was thinking about is that I probably sure. would have enjoyed this a lot if I was a teenager, you know, because I think the mm. depth of world building probably wouldn't have mattered to me as much as a teenager. But now, especially as an adult and being more in society and, you know, mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. having written things for so long i'm now i'm just like i have issues with this yeah (laughs) i mean that that's honestly such a funny point that you make i'm gonna like slightly turn into this because Mm -hmm. i had a similar feeling where i was looking at sort of the list of old fantasy anime i had watched and sort of the point you bring up where you're like as a teenager i probably would have liked this one of the series that was one of my favorite things and it's funny because i actually just got an android of one of the characters that came in today was no game no life and i'm just like that was absolutely i remember yes, you we talked about that, this yeah uh no game no life was one of my favorite anime when i was when did it come out 2012 or th- something like that was one of my favorites when i think i just started high school is when it came out i'd have no idea i'm also dating i'm also aging myself there but that's definitely a series i think that if i looked back on it and I watched it again now as an adult, I would probably just be like, I have a lot of issues here. (laughs) And (laughs) I kind of don't want to rewatch it because I'm like, I'm okay letting it stay in nostalgia bubble. And I kind of don't want to see my, feel myself get ruined by this, but I'm pretty sure I'd be like, oh, there's a lot of things wrong with this one. So I feel like you're probably better off avoiding that feeling too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess Isabel, like, you know, we've talked about this before, but you know, it seems like, you're capable of sort of like dissecting that slavery part out or I like I don't know how it is yeah I don't know like Isabel just ignores it (laughs) I I, I see a lot along with a lot of things in my life I just ignore so I think that kind of like translates into translates into this show and maybe other shows just kind of Mm. like oh, this happens, but I'm going to put it in that other bucket of I don't really care and I'm curious about what happens next. Mm-hmm. Mm, or the okay, fact that yeah. I'm just distracted by the animation, the art, and things like that. It is that, really pretty. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very pretty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so anything that's really pretty will probably attract me more. And the other things, I, I will obviously have thoughts about that, but I think mm-hmm. I'm capable of just like separating it out. And um yeah, I think that's the same for a lot of other shows that I probably watched. I feel like it's the same for like maybe like more raunchier shows or things like that. I just kind of close my eyes and be like, okay, that episode was that, and then continue with the show. So it's, it's par- probably powerful for me because yeah. I'm just like, mm. I, I think I'm like Gracie too, where I'm just like, if I see something, I'm just like, I can't unsee it, and it's bothering me so much, then I just will not continue. So really yeah. interesting to hear it from you. Yeah. So the, the problem is like, so when I hear other people, like I always look for comments and things like that for the episodes <laughs> after so at this point i'm like i don't know if i want to bring up this anime because other people feel this way about oh, yeah, it yeah. but okay it's, it's not exactly how i feel so like i'm like all of a sudden conscious of what other people think of it oh no 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 no! this is a safe space <laughs> no, yeah, that, she I says know, after going on like fine. a 10 minute rant about why she doesn't like it <laughs> Thanks, I go Gracie. on a 10 minute rant, but I'm not going to say things 
like, oh, Isabel shouldn't enjoy it or something like that, you know? Like, I'm more saying this is why I cannot enjoy it for the life of me. But, like, I, like I said, it, there are definitely positives to it, and it is very pretty. It, it is very aesthetically pleasing. And once mm-hmm. again, I, like I said already, I'm pretty sure as a teenager, I would have been all over it. It's just as an adult, I've reached that stage where I can't anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> Got, uh, so, is there anything else you want to say, Isabel? I feel I feel like I kind of hijacked <laughs> this. <laughs> no, I was always been wondering why you and Agnes were against me watching this, or like every time I bring it up, I'm like, why? What's wrong with it? And, and now, now I know, and it's something obviously I didn't notice in the show. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like the little child of me watching anime shows and being like, oh, this is totally awesome, is like still there with me. Oh, <laughs> that's good mm-hmm. though. That's so cute. That's good i'm a glad you still have that childlike wonder imagine. when you watch stuff in general yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and also i'm imagining a little isabelle and that's really cute in my head <laughs> so. <laughs> is, is it just this picture that you see right here also we're on google meet so we see like the little profile pictures is it just the you know the anime, i kind of think so yes <laughs> okay <laughs> i imagine her napping so. yeah i can see that too actually <laughs> in this picture i'm napping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, can, I can see like a little chibi isabel doing that oh so cute so <laughs> cute so cute <laughs> Alrighty then so i think this wraps up our segment for today's episode so thank you everyone for joining in and listening Yay. in on us i hope you guys enjoyed our discussion and even like a debate in this regard um in the last segment uh sorry for that isabel <laughs> i really am not trying to dissuade you from enjoying no, it you're fine. FYI, i'm so. still gonna watch it but okay. Okay. <laughs> she's still gonna watch um, it regardless of anything you say okay great <laughs> great <laughs> that probably that doesn't make feel her feel better <laughs> Uh, so yeah um i hope everyone enjoyed it and please let us know in our comments by following us on girl taku uh underscore at on our twitter account to let us know you know what are some of your favorite fantasy anime and we'll be back with another fun topic so i hope you'll be here next time bye everyone bye bye bye